Welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page a Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 180. Content warning on this episode today for discussion of suicide. We'll find work for you, agreed Jackal. The small brown cat opened her eyes and stretched to her feet. She padded across the kitchen floor and pushed at Shadow's boot with her head. He put down his left hand and scratched her forehead in the back of her ears and the scruff of her neck. She arched ecstatically, then sprang into his lap, pushed herself against his chest, and touched her cold nose to his. Then she curled up in his lap and went back to sleep. He put his hand down to stroke her. Her fur was soft and she was warm and pleasant in his lap. She acted like she was in the safest place in the world and Shadow felt comforted. The beer left a pleasant buzz in Shadow's head. Your room is at the top of the stairs by the bathroom, said Jackal. Your work clothes will be hanging in the closet. You'll see. You'll want to wash up and shave first, I guess. Shadow did. He showered standing in the cast iron tub, and he shaved very nervously with a straight razor that Jackal had loaned him. It was obscenely sharp and had a mother-of-pearl handle, and Shadow suspected it was usually used to give dead men their final shave. He had never used a straight razor before, but he did not cut himself. He washed off the shaving cream, looked at himself naked in the fly-specked bathroom mirror. He was bruised. Fresh bruises on his chest and arms overlaying the fading bruises that Mad Sweeney had left him. He looked at his wet, black hair and the dark gray eyes which looked back mistrustfully from the mirror at him, looked at the marks on his coffee-colored skin. And then, as if someone else were holding his hand, he raised the straight razor, placed it blade open against his throat. It would be a way out, he thought, an easy way out, and if there's anyone who'd simply take it in their stride, who'd just clean up the mess and get on with things, it's the two guys sitting downstairs at the kitchen table drinking their beer. No more worries. No more Laura. No more mysteries and conspiracies. No more bad dreams. Just peace and quiet and rest forever. One clean slash, ear to ear. That's all it'll take. He stood there with the razor against his throat. A tiny smudge of blood came from the place where the blade touched the skin. He had not even noticed a cut. See, he told himself. He could almost hear the words being whispered in his ear. It's painless. Too sharp to hurt. I'll be gone before I know it. And that's our page. Here's another page with an odd transition between the scenes. One minute Shadow is sitting at the kitchen table talking with Jackal and Ibis while petting a small brown cat. Then suddenly, in a haze of beer, he's upstairs showering and shaving. It's not uncommon at this point, but I still feel like I need to point it out because it's jarring to me when it happens. There's not a there's not a break in the page or anything. It's just one paragraph and then another. I don't think it has any deeper significance to the narrative other than it's just Neil's storytelling technique. But it's not something I've noticed in his other books before. I don't think I've ever looked at them too terribly closely like I am here either, though. So maybe we can do a Stardust page a day or a Neverwhere page a day and I'll start noticing odd little things like this. Shadow gets his shower and shave in and takes stock of his bruises. It reminds me that it's only been a few days throughout the entire course of the novel. Shadow was getting out of prison and fighting Sweeney and Jax just, was it like four days ago? Five days ago? Well, let's see. The first part of the book, Laura died on a Tuesday, met Wednesday the next day on Wednesday on the plane. Fought Sweeney on Wednesday night. Laura was buried and risen on Thursday. Shadow and Wednesday went to Chicago on Friday. The house on the rock in Shadow's kidnapping was Saturday. He escaped with Laura's help early in the day on Sunday, and maybe it's been another two days since then. So it's like, what, a week at this point? In fact, the book really only takes place over the course of the winter. 
There's a few short leaps forward here and there, but it's all pretty brief for a 600-page book. Shadow has gray eyes on the page, and it may have been mentioned before, but I didn't note it in my mind if it did. It's also the color of the skies most of the time throughout the novel since the novel opened, so in some ways maybe Shadow is the coming storm. I may have cracked it for real this time. The handle of the razor is Mother of Pearl, and I realize I don't actually know what that is. So I looked it up, and it's the shiny material on the inside of some seashells, more specifically mollusks. 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 That's a fun word. It's also known as nacre, a word which comes to English by way of Arabic in the 16th century. I guess I had never really given too much thought about Mother of Pearl. I just kind of knew it must be pearl-related, pearlescent, something. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, Shadow tries to kill himself. The book actually indicates that he's not in complete control of himself as this happens, as if someone else were holding his hand, and it's also said he could almost hear the words being whispered in his ear. I've noted this on previous reads, but I don't know that I ever thought to dig any deeper into it. I never gave it a great deal of thought. I think if this were a less fantastical novel, it wouldn't be all that out of place. Shadow is having intrusive thoughts of a suicidal nature, having suffered through a good deal of trauma in prison after Laura's death and at the hands of the spook show, so it wouldn't seem that out of place in a less fantasy-based novel. But because we're dealing with a novel with gods who walk upon the earth and talk about everything, I have to wonder, is Shadow in complete control of himself in this moment? When he was hiking through the wilderness, he considered stopping and freezing to death after his encounter with the spook show, but he was able to shake it off pretty easily. Here, he's looking in the mirror, and then suddenly has this overwhelming urge to slice his own throat. Shadow even notes in his mind how sharp the blade of the razor is, and so he seems to be having a bit more trouble shaking this impulse. Is this a god, old or new, reaching into Shadow's mind to try to influence him? I don't have a good answer right now, and I'm hoping that there's more details on tomorrow's page that will help me try to nail this down a bit more. Although I'm not entirely certain that we ever get a good answer about this, but since I'm doing a close reading of every page, I guess I will have an opportunity to keep my eyes open. Get in touch with the show at theworldbeyondthetail at gmail.com and on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. Thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, which we use as our theme. And thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another page, and remember, only the gods are real. <laughs>